You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Good morning, Perth. Welcome to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. You've got uh, the greatest trainee in the world in the chair. <laughs> and luckily for him, he's got the greatest wingman in the world. So it's Hugh Best in the chair and Pete Skillier. Good morning, Pete. How are you, mate? Mate, um, good thing is uh, we've just caught up in the last three minutes. We had a little bit of a miscommunication oh, there. Oh, mate. And for all those listeners out there, the, the magic of radio means that you hear a well-presented, highly professional audio sound uh it's been amateur hour in here at the moment <laughs> it, it absolutely has so so i've gone into the radio kitchen and started preparing an hour ago hugh's come into the studio and a half hour set ago up, set up yeah half an hour ago and we've both been sitting here going where is he where is he and with yeah three minutes to go i gave him a call and he's like i'm in the studio where are you yeah. i was just about to remove your greatest wingman of the world status and he's gone i've been here for the last hour mate <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And this uh, comedy hour has been brought to you by the uh, the lovely sponsors that we have on board. Futsal WA, the biggest and best futsal competition in Perth. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for all your custom-built ornamental and security fencing. Front and side gate and electronic gate setup. And gate and fencing hardware WA for all related hardware and automation packages. And we thank them for helping us be able to present this show every week during the football season. We've got a huge show lined up, as we always do. On the show, very, very shortly, is friend of the show, Molly Appleton, all the way from the Apple Isle. She is currently on assignment, but uh, driving to get there. So if we do have any cutouts there, it's usually my fault. But this <laughs> time, I can actually blame Molly if we get there. After Molly, we will have Troy Reed, who is the head coach at Curtin Uni to find out everything that's going on there at Curtin Uni and how their season is progressing. 
We will then, in the second hour, have Mo Livingston. Those that know me know I have more than a, f- a bit of a, an inkling to the amateur side of our beautiful game. And Mo Livingston is the head coach of Kingsley Westside's Division 2. So we're going to go down to, to that area. I did actually see Mo uh, at the Emeralds-Jaguars game, the uh, f- premier fixture, the catch-up fixture that we spoke about when we had Emeralds on a couple of weeks ago. That was an excellent game. And I saw a guy in a, the uh, Kingsley Westside uh, tracksuit. I've gone, well, what's going on here, mate? Surely you're not scouting <laughs> uh, and yeah he was down there to, to to double check so that's good to see and lastly we will have taylor warwick on from the kelmscott ruse and they've got a a uh, a fundraiser going on to help uh with um mr tucci i'll call him mr tucci because i don't know him personally so uh, <laughs> and he will tell us all about that but there's some wonderful uh, silent auction bids there uh, a signed sam kerr chelsea shirt match worn mm. uh, trent sainsbury gert Jersey, which is also match worn, so we will have a chat to him about all things Kelmscott Roos, particularly after their um, relegation and how they've reset it, and the difference between Saturday uh, football to Sunday football. Um, so, as I say, it's a huge, huge show. Pete, anything you'd like to uh, kick off the show with? No, well, we've got obviously we've had the uh, World Cup qualifier, did. which is the the big one for me. The, oh, you know, I, I, I was, yeah, I, I couldn't watch it. I hate. Uh, those that again that know me, I hate semi-finals because you're that close. You're yeah. that close to playing in the big game, and if yeah. you lose it, oh, don't worry about doing the uh, kicking the uh, <laughs> the neighbour's pet. It's you know you just can't. I cannot. It, it it gets me too nervous. But we've got Peru coming up. We do, we do. So we we did uh, win that one. Yeah. Um, you know, two one. Yeah. And, and I felt we deserved the win. The stats uh, sort of indicated that we probably didn't. Well, but. From, my, from me watching, I felt yeah. like we want. Uh, yeah, so so. my, my main my main concern was we just looked flat up front. Ooh. You know, our first goal, uh, I actually said at the time, "Wow, we actually sort of ran at the <laughs> ran at the opposition, <laughs> got it in the box, whipped it across, and the player tapped it in." You uh, sound like a coach, there, Pete. <laughs> it's almost like if you attack and don't always pass the ball backwards and sideways, you get a few more opportunities. Are you sure about that? Oh, I don't Are know. You that's, sure that's about my, that? That's my philosophy, you know. Guardiola seems to think ticky-tack a football. <laughs> you know, if I keep... Well, actually, no, he's got some strikers as well. Yeah, true. No, and the scuttlebutt behind that one was that why isn't Jamie McLaren starting from from the first whistle? The, the, I don't know if there's an injury issue or he's out of favour or he's coming on as an impact player, but it's, it's an odd one for me. Mm. Uh, but I'm not the coach. Well, like I said, we've got we've got Peru coming up. Unless mm. I haven't actually checked the news yet, there was some talk of Peru getting kicked out uh, for having, uh, sorry, not Peru, uh, Ecuador for having played an illegal player in the in the qualifiers. Oh, oh, yeah. I haven't jumped online to take a look yet. I'll have uh, a look shortly. But good. there was sort of talk then that maybe Peru would go up and either uh, whoever finished sixth, I think, Colombia, it was Colombia it was would sort of. Yeah. jump on a plane very quickly and get out to Qatar well, for the match. Well, or, so. or whether they just go, hey, you're through um, to us. To, to well, that time. happened with the, uh, the un- lovely Miranda Templemans uh, under-23s. Yep. The, that's what happened for, for them to get the qualification to uh, to that tournament in Costa Rica coming up uh, very, very shortly in a couple of months' time. That, that was the situation that... Um, was it North Korea? I think it might have been North Korea that went, ah, you know, yeah. and a, a bit of politics and, you know, smoke and mirrors. But 
Again, hey, qualification is qualification. It doesn't say how you did that. It just says who did it. Yeah. And for the I've just jumped online. Uh, FIFA has rejected the chim- the complaint from Chile. So uh, <laughs> everything's still going ahead as normal. We've got Peru. So so, so that roll out the red carpet isn't the case for us. So, Joe, I thought Chile qualified. Didn't no, 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 Chile finished seventh. They're like... Is but I think right? their argument was that if Ecuador get eliminated, that's four extra points for Chile. Right. I haven't done the math on the table whether that would have actually jumped so, them ahead of Colombia yeah. and then they were like... It sounds like they were really clutching at straws to yeah, get that. Yeah, well, birth, why but. not? If it's a straw that gets you to, uh, to a World Cup, I'll be clutching to that one. Yeah, true. That's how I got to play in the World Cup in 2018. I can clutch at that straw. What do you mean you're going to be in Europe? Yep. Oh, you want to play? Sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great for me. We'll get into some more of that local uh, content as we go along. Oh, I've got to tell you up some things here. Pete, what else has caught your eye uh, in the last couple of weeks since we've been on together. Wow, oh, Perth Glory signings. Hey, Must- Amini. Mustafa Amini. I am Amini. really excited. How the hell did he get here? Well, I mean, to be honest, last year we were saying exactly the same thing about Daniel Sturry. <laughs> and how did that pan out? Um, but, you know, look, Mustafa is a fantastic player. He spent the last uh, five, six years playing in Europe, in Denmark, yes. you know, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had originally been signed by, uh, I think it was Borussia Dortmund. Uh, That's right, he did. Never yeah. quite, like, never made it to the first team. Spent a couple of years on the reserve side and then sort of kicked around in, in Denmark. That, so, that, that reminds me of a Billy Bragg song. You know, I never made the first team, I just made the first team laugh. And I can imagine a movie <laughs> making the first team laugh. <laughs> and, and, you know, we've had some other signings as well. They seem to all be very young signings, yep. which is good. So there was uh, Matt Hatch from Central Coast Mariners. Um, and a few others there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon O'Neill's left. Yeah, so obviously having come to the glory saying he's looking forward to what we're building yeah. and wants to be a big part yeah. of it, he's now left and gone to Newcastle Jets and is saying over there that he's looking forward to what they're building and wants to be a big part of it. It's good when you uh, have a press release that you can take with you wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> just to substitute in the club that you're playing for. And, yep, that's it. I'm Reminds me of the old kissing the badge. You go, well, didn't we just sign him? Yeah, he's kissing the badge now? What? <laughs> Yeah, no, that was a. I thought that was a huge loss. Uh, Brandon, uh, yeah, he's a great, uh, great player, and um, you know, local lad going, going off again. It's yeah. Like, mm. What else you got there? Peter? So disappointed about that. Um, well, obviously, still going back to World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. The day after Australia, Peru. Yep. Which is the second last spot up for grabs is New Zealand, Costa Rica. That's right. Which um, you know, I'd like to see both of them get in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Costa Rica. Uh, you know, Costa Rica, my my one of my little you know dark horse favourite yep, teams. Yep. They always do well. They do. Um, well, I take that back. They have done well on occasion. Yep. They've pulled off some big surprises. I've made the second round. They, I think, believe they made the quarterfinals in either twenty eighteen or twenty fourteen. I remember they they sort of ploughed through in twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, Brazil. Yep. Yeah, yep. That, that, they were they were everyone's favourite. The Brazilians. They, yeah. You know, they, they're not going to follow a second side. But uh, where we were staying. The, the host uh, family were were very very buoyant about Costa Rica because I mean they don't they don't pose a threat to anybody. Yeah, really. no, it's a tiny little nation yeah. and everyone loves to see the underdogs go yeah. through. So yeah. uh, and so I'm you know happy to see them there, but at the same time New Zealand I like to see. Well, sorry, I put a caveat on that. I yeah. want New Zealand. I'd be happy to see New Zealand win, provided Australia also qualify the day before. If we get eliminated by Peru and then yep. New Zealand's at the World Cup, yep. that's just, yep. yeah, no, I, okay, I don't want that then. Yeah, no, I was watching uh, um, a bit of the, the cricket this morning, sorry to go to a different sport, and uh, I'm going, great, the Poms are getting done. And yep. I went, 
yeah, but it's by New Zealand. I, how do I feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll, um, we'll save that conversation for later, being that it's a different sport. I will uh, run some uh, sponsorship announcements, and after that we will have Molly Appleton all the way from the Apple Isle who will join us to discuss all things that are happening in the world of Molly Appleton. You stay with us. You're on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM's The World Football Program with the world's greatest wingman, Pete Skelia, <laughs> who loves a coffee. Oh, indeed. <laughs> and the best uh, trainee in the world, myself, Hugh Best. You stay with us. Plenty more to come. And no, no. Why, there it is, that one. There we go. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install, or automate your gates, offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. You're listening to Community Radio, powered by passionate football volunteers, just like myself. You can appreciate the entertainment by becoming a station member. Hi, I'm Phil Kelly, Chair of the Football West Men's State League Standing Committee. Listen in next for Western Australia and local football news. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And that's right, Pete, that big red button does everything we need to do. Yeah, nice. uh, with, uh, again, the magic of radio. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is Laurel and Hardy in here. On the line now, joining us all the way from Tasmania is the wonderful Molly Appleton. Molly, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm, I'm doing good. I've got a um, it's cup final weekend, long weekend here in Tassie, so... Only good things from here. Yeah, no, well, I was just talking to Pete that uh, one of my you know, pet, well, not pet hates, one of my hates is cup semifinals because you've had such a good campaign to get to the semifinal and if you lose that, oh, you're kicking everything inside <laughs> ra- rather than goals. Love a final. Who's playing in the finals uh, in the uh, the main final? This, uh, this in the weekend. main final, yep. Um, so the main one's on Monday down in Hobart, um, and you've got Devonport Strikers, which is up from my neck of the woods, yep. um, and who I've been covering uh, for my job with the Advocate. Um, and they're up against South Hobart, and they both have a great, strong history of coming up against each other in the men's competition there for the Laco Seljet Cup. Um, so it should be really good. Fantastic. And uh, the Women's Cup final down there, Molly, please? Oh, no, it's Kimber, it's Kimber against uh, Longfeston United. So Lonnie United's fairly new to the women's, uh, women's game in terms of their investment, but they've been killing it this year and they're definitely the team to beat and would go in as favourites, I'd say. Ooh. Excellent. 
Lonnie United. So that I didn't think you were a Lonnie United fan. What's going on there, Molly? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, look, you know, you have, to, you have to give credit to Launceston United when <laughs> when they're doing things right, but you do wish that the coastal sides, the northwest coast sides, can can get up them. Uh, <laughs> we, we actually know Devonport, Devonport lost against Kingra to get there, and Alveston, my club, also from the northwest, um, lost to Kingra. So in some way, I want Kingra to win, but in others, I think it's Launceston United's turn. They were there last year against Olympia, and they lived to second place, really, in terms of they just had a couple injuries and just bad timings um, within the final game. So hopefully they come out raring and ready to go on Monday and, and can get... I think, I think it would be their first trophy at senior level for the women's side, so... It would be a good thing for the club and for Launceston as a whole. And how long has Launceston United had a women's side? It sounds like it's only just a recent, um, recent thing. Yeah, so they've been in the. So we've, obviously you've got the two tiers um, where one's statewide, the other one's split between the north and, and the south. So right. they've had a northern champs team for a long time, um, but they've they only got into the statewide league. I'm pretty sure it was last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, with 2020, it blows. It makes me up a little. <laughs> 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 no, 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 don't, don't mention 2020 ever again. Same day, <laughs> no, it never no. happened. They cancelled that year. <laughs> We're all a year younger. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, so they've only been in the statewide league for the last two, two or three seasons. Okay. So, um, you know, but they've really invested well. They've got... Um, they got a pet, one of the WA girls, Ellie, I remember her name now. Um, starts with M, I think, her last name. Mastriano. Um, Ella Mastriano. Perhaps. Perhaps. Oh, we're doing we're doing musical references. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> don't lock me in, don't lock me in. <laughs> I can tell you I can't yeah, no, I haven't followed Bonnie United as closely as I should do. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Being you're not from there and you don't really much like them anyway. No. <laughs> Knocking your club out and bugger them. <laughs> yeah, no, look, do 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 the coastal side dirty. Don't wanna don't wanna don't wanna hear about it. No, no, exactly right. It's a, it's a bit like uh, you know, over here with the uh, the other Major code, you know, the, yeah. the two sides don't want to talk about each other. It's like, no, no they don't exist. Who, what? what? <laughs> so, <laughs> Molly, we were discussing just before you, you came on the Socceroos and um, mm. the, the, the result they got against UAE, but also, more importantly, the upcoming fixture against Peru. Now, we know Peru mm. qualified for the 2018 World Cup by going through a similar uh, route by uh, getting past New Zealand, but that yep. was home and away. Yeah. So, and I, I remember watching, because it was at a decent time for us here in uh, in the West and in Australia, the, the home fixture for New Zealand. And I thought, this, like, Peru's got a storied history. I mean, they're playing against some of the best players in the world in the South American qualifications, mm. and New Zealand made them look ordinary. Mm. Obviously, when they went back to Peru, they played at altitude, and yeah. that's always going to be the benefit, which mm. is when I saw we had Peru, and I thought, oh, if that's home and away, we'll get a result home and struggle away. Mm. But mm. now it's a one-off. How do you... What's your thoughts on that one, Molly? Do you, do you give us a, a you know a good good show at uh, getting past Peru? Um, 
Oh, there's always hope. It's Did you? No, 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 come on, Molly. <laughs> That's not the answer. We're in the voice. 6-0. Yeah, no, look, give us the hat-trick to a couple of players. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's exciting, though, isn't it? I mean, um, you know, we've got 90 minutes where hopefully it's kept to 90 minutes where yeah. we get to qualify for the World Cup if we win, and if we don't, like, either way, there's emotions on the line, and it's almost a case of which team uses that well, and I think, you know, we've had a few times now where we've had to go right till the end to qualify. So I think, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, we've got that experience and I think that'll definitely help and come into play a lot more than perhaps what it would be um, if it was just an ordinary game between the two countries. Yeah, no, you, you, I'm spot on there, Molly, because as I've been saying, all, all throughout this campaign, particularly with the, that 2020 uh, episode that's still continuing, that the Socceroos have been playing excuse me, the majority of their games in World Cup venues. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're, they're acclimatised to, to those conditions, the, the, the local culture, the, the crowds, the, the, from what I uh, see from the, uh, the UAE uh, game, there was a fair few... There was, there was a, yeah. In, yeah. In, in the crowd. There was also some people wearing combined uh, Australia Peru shirts, which, which was awesome. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Somebody's done the marketing wrong. So, what? <laughs> That team in white, that's not Peru. No, not yet. That's next week. <laughs> I know a guy that um, has often said that if you get that half and half scarf, you, yep. need, you need a good spanking because <laughs> that's not for the fans. That, that's for the merchandise people. <laughs> that's how you tell who the tourists are and just going for the game, not, not for the team. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I really do hope, well, not hope, I've got a good feeling because, as I say, we're, we're, we're match-hardened. Peru, yeah, they played a... I can't even remember who they played, was it? I think they played a Jordan or something. Jordan, was that's it? Yeah, right. Yeah, they did play a, a scratch match. That's but. right. And and so they've not played a, a competitive game since the South American qualifiers finished. And we've, we've been... Well, what's that? What's that look for, Pete? Well, you know, <laughs> since the South, you know, since they were playing competitive matches against Brazil and Argentina yeah. and the like, yeah, since then, oh, they've done nothing. That's so, right, done nothing. Yeah, no. <laughs> look, I hope we win. I'm, I'm less confident than you. Oh, Pete, come on. I, I mean, I'm still hoping we win. Don't get me wrong. I'm 100 percent behind the team. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was actually doing the math on it the other day. Since I started following the World Cup, we're now at the point where I've seen Australia qualify as many times as I've seen them not qualify, which I, I was quite surprised by that. So I, the first World Cup I actively followed was yeah. 1990. Right. So, you know, no, no, no Australia there, 94, 98 and 2002 Australia not there. So there's four that they haven't been to. Yep. And then the last four they have been to. I was quite surprised because... Obviously, if you go back over the history, Australia's not been there more often, much yeah, more often yeah, than no, they that, have. So. That, that's my history. I, I still think that seven, uh, the, the 98 World Cup, if we'd got through there, oh. I mean, the, the way the results sort of went, and you never know, because, I mean, it's always ifs, buts and whatevers. Yeah. Australia could have got quarterfinals, semifinals maybe. Well, I... I mean, but, I, I say the same thing but, about when we were eliminated by... 2006, yeah, exactly. We, had we got past them, I think it was Ukraine. Ukraine that, next, yeah. weren't that great. No. And, and then, yeah, that was semi-final written yeah, all over. But then again, it's, you know, that we didn't win and, yeah. and what's gone down in the history yeah. books is we made Good the second old round. Fabio Grasso. <laughs> I know it's spelled with an I, but I call him Grasso. <laughs> oh. 
when, it, when I'm on radio, I'll call him something else when I'm off radio. Yeah, true. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> Molly, the, 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 good, yeah, the good news um, with the Commonwealth Bank Matildas is that they are set to create history by becoming the first football team to play in the new state-of-the-art Allianz uh, Stadium in Sydney where they meet the 2020 which wasn't in 2020, Tokyo Olympic champions and world number six, Canada. Right. <laughs> How exciting. It is, isn't it? I think it is. I mean, the Canadians, we've, um, we've big upped on this show more than a few times that they've actually done what, what I believe Australia should have done. They've, they've gone, let's reset the whole program from, from juniors, Matildas, all the way up to seniors. And, and that's what the Canadians did. They went, we don't need to you know, pump billions into the, into the thing. We just need to get the bottom of the pyramid mm. solid and the talent will rise. It'll, it'll flow upwards then. And Canada, again, they, I mean, football is not their number one game. It's not even mm. probably their number two game. No. Uh, well, I think, what, ice hockey? I, ice, ice hockey, hockey baseball. American football. American football. Basketball, basketball, basketball. yeah. Basketball. It, it would be well down the list. So it, they're similar to Australia in that, that sort of thought process that it's not the number one game, but it's one of the more participated games. And they just went, let's do it right and the result is they're Olympic champions and world number six. I mean, yeah. And the men's team's at the World Cup. And the men's team's at the World Cup again. Ever, so. that's, that's correct. So it wasn't just for the female side. Molly, sorry to, uh, to give, give that, uh, that information. It's certainly uh, useless information, which is, <laughs> which is what I'm good at. <laughs> we're, we're, how excited are you to see this fixture coming about? Oh, I've been waiting for this fixture um, since we played them. Um, what was it last year? Um, and we knew that there would be a return fixture when we did play them in Canada. So mm-hmm. I'm just so excited. <laughs> I'm really hoping. I'm hoping I can get to it. And if I get to it, that um, Christine Sinclair's at the game. That's all I want to watch. Christine Sinclair play live in the, fr- in oh. the flesh. Yeah, um, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good dream. I mean, yeah, you, you take that in uh, that thought process when we had Marta playing here as well. I mean, these are some of the the, the, the best players that the world's ever seen, let alone yeah. at, at the moment in history. For mm. sure, for sure. And they've got some amazing young players like Jesse Fleming out at Chelsea. She's brilliant. You've got Hugh um, Cannon. I can't remember her first name. Um, but she's just time for Chelsea as well. She just played for the Olympic Lyon. You know, there's, there's just players there that are just phenomenal. And if it's, you know, they're bringing their best team and where we've got our best team, it's excellent preparation for, for the World Cup. And I think it's really good timing for that. I think it'll be, um, you know, we've got Spain and then we'll have this game. And I yeah. think it'll really give us a good good idea of where we stand and what we need to do in the, do in the following, um, you know, eight eight or so months you've got until the World Cup at home. So I think I think it's great. You know, we've reached, we've aimed high um, for our opponents and, and we've got it and Canada provides a different type of opponent to Spain. Canada will be happy to sit back and go on the counter while Spain is obviously the opposite where they want to control the ball and, um, you know, control the tempo of the game. So I think it's, I think it's great, especially, yeah, dovetailed with that, the Spain games, uh, it's just, it's going to be really good. And, and I think that the fans will get behind it as well. I think Canada, there's that recognition, even if it's not a footballing country, that, um, 
you know, if we give it respect as a country, I think, to Canada, um, if you're not even a football person, so I think people will get behind it, especially Allianz, and hopefully Allianz is absolutely buzzing. Yeah, that, that's right. And the, what I thought was a really nice gesture is that uh, the... Um, Football Australia will donate $1 from every ticket sold to the Para Matildas, which I think is is just fantastic. Yeah. That, um, you know, particularly the Para Matildas, are, are, they're often off the radar for for funding and uh, mm. to, to say, here's our, you know, our, our showpiece female football side yeah. and to have that support. So, yeah, a sellout is going to be brilliant for both sides so not only the Matildas but also the uh, the para Matildas which is ah, it's just brilliant um, Molly we were um, having a look at um, the AFF Women's Championship which will be held in the Philippines uh, mm. next month a- any excitement in that one for you for me it's I, I love looking at uh, young Matildas junior Matildas that sort of I, I love watching them and this is very much an under 23 sort of mm. team with perhaps Larissa Crummer might be the only one that I can yep. go off the top of my head that will definitely go over that 23 I'm pretty sure Larissa yeah, no, no, no. Larissa is in there, and I'm, one that I'm really excited to see is uh, Chelsea Dorber, ex of uh, the Adelaide Reds. She's now playing for Chicago Red Stars, which is, you know, mm. that's amazing. I, I mean, I was wondering, you know, the talent that is Chelsea Dorber, where she would end up. I thought she would go uh, A-League, or oh, sorry, W-League. No, what is it now, Pete? It's now A-League Women. Thank you. Jeez. Can they not just stick with the name? Honestly, <laughs> I, I feel like if people say W League, it's a case of we know what you mean. Let it, you know, yeah, all right. it, you know use W League. We all know what you mean. All right, fair enough. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Now, um, yeah, Sarah Hunt is going to be there. Sally James, Princess Sabini, uh, yep. Assisi is going to be there. So it, it's yeah, like I say, it's a, a fairly young sort of a squad. I'm going through there trying to see if um, nope, Miranda's not there. Damn it. Uh, Poor old Miranda. She's, she's always on the fringes there. But there, yeah, we're in Group B. We're going to play Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore and Thailand. You'd like... You're, you're entirely right, except for the fact that's Group A. No, Group B? I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. That's listed as Group A. Really? Yep. Um, the um, Matildas page definitely says that we've got Thailand, Singapore, Philippines, Malaysia and Indonesia. Yep, yep. yep. that's the right list of teams. Wow. <laughs> I might have to go to the Combank Matilda's website people because they've got Group B there. Well, I'm going to defer to the say that the um, the Matilda's website probably is the one you should go by. That's uh, not In a any case, yeah, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, ahead, of, ahead of what I'm going off of Wikipedia. Uh, but in any case, the, the teams in the group are correct in both cases. It's just the nomenclature yeah, of the group. Well, yeah, all right, okay. I'm having a look. The goalkeeper, goalkeeper is uh, Annalie Grove from... Uh, West Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, um, you know, held Miranda, took Miranda's place yeah, for Adelaide United, basically. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. all right. And, and Chloe Lincoln and the other keeper is Sally James, who, who I mentioned. We've yeah. also got Jada Wyman in that 35. Where? Oh, is that 35? Okay. Is there? Where? Where's Jada? Yeah. Oh, down the bottom, down, right down the bottom. Thanks, Molly. All the way down the bottom, there's Jada Wyman. Oh. It's almost like they're in alphabetical order or something, isn't it? It looks like they could be in alphabetical <laughs> order, but, you know, I'm, I'm not that clever. <laughs> And Paige Zoyce at the bottom, so maybe it is alphabetical order. So yep. <laughs> she starts with a Z. <laughs> and we got at the top there. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Alexia. No, I'm not even going to pronounce that, but she starts with an A. Yep. Alexia. Uh, Molly, Molly, sort of get, getting back to the... Uh, getting back to sensible. Yeah, getting back to the, well, the Tasmanian side of things. I was, I was thinking about this, uh, interested on your uh, perspective. So here in Western Australia, and switching sports for a moment, before oh. we had um, the West Coast Eagles come into the league, the, the state... Um, like, so the waffle was quite a big thing here culturally in Western yep. Australia. Everyone followed mm. the waffle. As soon as the Eagles came in, we had a team in the national comp the waffle kind of died off, basically died off. And Ooh. I think you could pr- probably make that argument for any team in any sport in a national comp. Same thing. Happened with, in South Australia when, South the, when the Crows came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and basketball here, yeah. sort of no one follows the state league basketball. Everyone's follow, you know, any basketball people follow the Wildcats. Yep. And even, I dare say, same thing for, for soccer, yeah. uh, soccer football, um, you know, with the glory. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, being in Tasmania where there isn't a national um, a team playing in the national comp does that does that give you a more healthy state league? Would you like to see a Tasmanian side, even if they were like Canberra and only had a team in the women's side and you know didn't necessarily mm-hmm. have a men's team? Is that something you're you're aiming you'd love to see, or are you happy with um, the culture as it stands now? And you're worried that a national within, side within, within, within Tasmania, AFL. yeah, no, no, sorry, within but football, uh, within soccer, within soccer, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I was going to say different things. <laughs> um, totally. um, I've got a jump button here, Molly. You can say it. <laughs> it just won't go to air. <laughs> I think that um, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. I think overall for the health of the game, getting more exposure, um, particularly away from the coast or even the north of the state, yeah. a team would be better for the south. Really. Yeah. Um, in an ideal world, it would really bring some of that spotlight, even just with the papers and the and media. Um, you know, we do it quite well up here, not to blow our own smoke, but, you know, <laughs> Devonport are the only state team that we've got um, in any competition yep. um, in sport. So that's why we do put a lot into them, more than what if we did have a state competition, like a state team up here for a different code. Um, so... I think, as well as, and that goes to basketball as well. So yeah, obviously, in that yeah. similar sort of vein. Um, but yeah, I think overall it would be beneficial, um, and I think it would help a lot for the coast. I don't think it would matter too much because if there were games, it would likely be in um, Hobart or Launceston. Yeah. I don't think it'll work in Launceston. I think it would have to be in Hobart just unless Launceston does have it. They've really underperformed. In soccer, like in the women's side, it's only the, they've done bits and pieces, but it's always it's a bit of a patch history on the men's side. They've just underperformed with their team yeah. over the past 10, 10 years or so. They've been all right, but underperformed nonetheless for the population they've got, um, unlike Devonport, which is very successful, so they've got the crowds. So I think they would keep the crowds up here the way it is. I think it would be quite good um, whether we get a, team, a, a, a national team or not. I don't think that would impact up here because we are a bit more isolated than the other regions and yeah. and whatnot. I think for the South, I think it would be good the whole way through if we did have a team, whether that was just the women or was both. I think um, there would be an argument definitely to just go women's first. It would be easier to get the infrastructure for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I don't think it would work for the men's unless you had like a big 10, 15-year plan where you've got the investment and you've got a ground that's mm. not like Wood Park. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you could great, even great, point great at great Canberra United as an example. Sure, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, the biggest problem which Tassie has is lack of square stadiums. Oh, yeah, so yeah. that's that's just our biggest problem. Yeah, don't talk to us about that one. We've, we've got an issue yeah. at, at the moment with, uh, with the glory, yeah. as you well know. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. But, so, you would, you're suggesting that there probably wouldn't be a, a suitable venue, either north or south, that's rectangular sport-specific for, for that to even be contemplated? Um, well, the A-League's been played at, Years has it's not a soccer ground. I don't like I don't like it for for soccer. It's it's no good. It's fantastic for the other code of footy. Yep. It's not a soccer ground. Yeah. Um, Valley Road's being upgraded, but that's in the northwest of the state where I am. Yep. Um, I think when it's fully upgraded, it would make an awesome W League venue. Um, it would also make a good men's venue, but there's that it's. So far away from the capital, getting there, people there, mm. it's a lot harder than if it was in Launceston or Hobart, just in terms of flights. We do have a couple of airports, but they're a lot smaller. Um, so I think that would be the downfall. Whilst down south, you've just got you've got um, KGV, which is where football Tasmania is. It needs a lot of upgrades. Yep. It needs a lot of money. Darcy Street's probably the next best almost in town, but... There's lots of contention between the clubs <laughs> and who's paying for what and whatever. That's never going to be upgraded. It's just going to sit as it is, and it's, a, it's an underutilised venue in my yeah. point of view. But um, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Wildwood Park would like to, and they're also pitching for training um, some training stuff with the Women's World Cup, so they're upgrading. But it was initially built as a baseball stadium, so I'm like, until they really upgrade wow. the Hallers facilities, mm. that's also not an option. No. <laughs> so you've just not got too many options. You've got some other ones here and there, but nothing really that would hold, you know, even 5,000 really well. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. Well, before we let you go, Molly, uh, lastly, Sam Kerr. I mean, Pierre. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Player of the Year. That that's sensational. That's, that's got to put her in the, you know. Again, we we in Australia, we we know how good she is, and yeah. and we believe that she's been unfairly overlooked for the Ballon d'Or. This has got yeah. to be the, the the last tick for her to get the Ballon d'Or. Yes. Surely. 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 I mean, she's done it all over the world, and yet FIFA. And and that always sticks in my throat when I use the when FIFA <laughs> still cannot recognise somebody from outside the two main you know, Europe or South America. If you're not a European, if you're not South American, you've got no chance. Turn yeah. it up. You know, if yeah. you're the best in the world, yeah. you're the best in the world. There's, you know, whether you're Costa Rican <laughs> yeah. or, or, or Ecuadorian or Australian. Yeah, all right. Anyway, <laughs> we'll watch this space. Molly, it's always our pleasure to have you on board. Uh, I know you've got uh, other commitments for this afternoon. You stay safe, and um, we will talk to you very, very shortly. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you soon. No, no, as I say, it's our pleasure. Thank you very much, Molly. Thanks, Molly. Ta-da. Bye. And, and that was the wonderful Molly Appleton. If there's anything that Molly doesn't know, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah, Sam Kerr, um, 
helps Chelsea to the third consecutive WSL title. She wins her second consecutive Golden Boot title. She's the first Australian striker to win the uh, Women's Super League Player of the Season. I mean... Yeah. yeah. Ballon d'Or? No, no, we'll give that to someone... <laughs> We'll give that one to somebody who's um, not really is. Well, never mind. We'll get on that one later. Anyway, we've got um, a break coming up. And after that, we will have Troy Reed, who is the head coach at Curtin Uni. And he will tell us all of the things that are happening in the Curtin Uni space of football. You stick with us. You've got Pete Skelia and Hugh Best in the chair for 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. You stay with us. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport at all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. I love that pronunciation. Radio Fremantle. <laughs> I wish I could speak as well as that, but uh, unfortunately, English is my first language, and I do it very, very badly. On the line, joining us now is Troy Reed, head coach of Curtin Uni. Troy, good morning. How are you? Good, Pete. Good, Hugh. How are you, boys? Uh, we're, we're excellent. We're, we're having uh, the Laurel and Hardy Hour in here at the moment. <laughs> it's been giggle after giggle. I don't know if you heard that bit, but uh, the phone line's got a button now, and Pete's gone, it's always been there. I went, oh, OK, good work. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, how's Curtin going at the moment? You're, um, well, before we start that, give us the Troy Reed story. Wh- where are you from? Where'd you start? Who'd you play for? Yeah, quick rundown. I'm actually... You know, make it as long as possible. (laughs) (laughs) As long as possible. So I'm actually a a country boy. So I'm from Albany. Albany, yeah. I was down there probably till my mid-20s, I think. Um, Breached it in Perth. Um, I kind of gave up playing at 21 because I had had an injury in my leg. So I kind of gravitated into coaching 
not long after that. So I spent probably four or five years coaching in the Great Southern um, with Albany Rovers and working with their country work team. Yep. Their rep team. So uh, I guess that's kind of where I, where I got into coaching. It's pretty hectic in Albany. It's, it's, at the time, it was a, a year-round competition. Yes, it was, yeah. So you'd, you'd coach juniors in the, in the winter. And then in the summer, you'd have senior football and under-18 football and women's football. So uh, I think at one point I worked out I was coaching four or five teams in a, in a calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, well, that is dedication, uh, Troy. Um, now, do, do you have uh, the, the formal badges? What? Yeah, it's a bit of a bee license. So I uh, did that lucky enough through... Well, West, I did my first one in Canberra mm-hmm. back in 2015 and my B licence a couple of years ago. Um, obviously moved to Perth, to be honest, for football. I wanted to take coaching a bit a bit further. Yep. So that was back in 2015. Uh, I ended up getting a job at Sterling Lions with their NPL setup. Yep. Yep. So the under-12s, under-13s over a couple of years. Uh, obviously then started working with the 18s. Uh, as an assistant coach and helping out as junior TD. And then found my way uh, moving north, found myself living up in Yantrip at the time and working working up there for a trade business. Right. So I ended up at June Lobby United. Okay. With their NPL and ended up NPL technical director up there for a couple of years and with their state league 18 side. So it was uh, definitely a, a big change from Albany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whether not so much Yanship and Albany is pretty similar that wind blows off the coast it's still yeah it does <laughs> yeah I, I don't get as many training sessions where I uh, get really wet but I Thursday excluding Thursday excluding of course yeah no that was uh, wasn't the greatest of uh, training days so how did you find uh, w- what difference do you notice between being a technical director and the hands on everyday coaching mm. Uh, probably the biggest thing being technical director is yeah, you're managing a lot more people. With the coaching, you're only really focused on your own team um, and your own players and their individual development. And yeah, you're looking, uh, I guess, you're looking at the short term with obviously that long term in mind. Um, but you're looking at what I can do week in, week out to develop a player. Whereas being a technical director, it's obviously there, there's many uh, parties involved. You've got parents, you've got players. Um, you've also got coaches. Yep. yep. And and for me, when I was at general up, that was probably the biggest thing I thought I could try and influence because you can't you can only see the players if you see every team you know once a week. It takes you a couple of weeks to get back to, <laughs> back to the same team. Of course. So I think the biggest influence you know that I've tried to make was obviously working with the coaches and helping them with their session plans, what they were teaching. Um, we were recording games, so trying to give them feedback and advice. And try and upskill them. I think that's probably where the greatest influence uh, as a technical director lies, sort of thing. And okay. then obviously you've got the fun deal with parents, which is always a good one. Yeah, yeah. And do you miss the the TD side of things? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> yes, yes and no. Look, I love seeing where players have touched in in any way in their football journey right now. Um. But it is nice to obviously be working in senior football and, and not have the stresses of dealing with, you know, 60, 70, 80 players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, so the, the stresses of uh, being head coach at Curtin Uni, how's that been going this season? Yeah, it's been good. So we're currently we're, we're fourth at the moment. 
Um, yep. it, it's a pretty tight competition, that league too. Um, I think it's probably one of the most exciting leagues I've seen in a while where everyone can beat everyone mm. and there's two points separating third to sixth at the moment. So it's tight. So look, it's, good for, it's good for me. It's certainly my second season there. Um, and I think we've come quite a long way in, what, 16 months. Um, the, the, obviously, the COVID year, the club didn't have a good year when I came in. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, um, that's your club and every other club in the world, I would have thought. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, I think you know, last year was probably our best year since 2014 at the club. We managed to finish eighth, and, and this year, you know, competing for top four and promotion is huge for the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep, I yep. think that, that's where they should be. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the. The redevelopment of, of the facilities down there, is that uh, still going on or has that been completed yet? Uh, so what was that, the development of the, 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 the changing rooms. I remember when I was refereeing down there that uh, particularly the referee's change room was um, needed improvement. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, look, that's, that's still a bit of a headache. Yep. Um, obviously, referees have their own change rooms. Um, we've still got quite a small little club rooms and we've got four change rooms. Um, we're lucky we've got the facilities at Curtin Stadium that we can lean on, yeah. uh, especially when we start having, you know, Friday night games with WNPL. means we've got five games going on in a short space of time, so the referee's lucky enough to get their own private facility over at the Curtin Stadium. Mm-hmm. That's so, good. Yeah. Yeah, and and with, with that amount of uh, traffic on the on the pitch, how's that holding up? Because uh, traditionally the, the, the surface at Curtin Uni was always... Well, I mean, almost bowling green type, really. Yeah, and that's one of the, the uh, I guess, one of the great points about Girton is having three fully floodlit pitches mm. down at, on campus um, that are just immaculate, um, be able to train on. We're not fighting over space there. <laughs> uh, the pitches are good at the moment. Um, obviously, we share uh, our main pitch with rugby. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they're home today, but normally it's. Uh, Normally it gets a bit of traffic on it, but we play, I think Campbell told me once, about 120 games a season on our main pitch. Wow. Mm. And rugby obviously have they have two, three teams, and they probably play another 30, 40 games. Um, so it's getting plenty of sport on it. So yeah. I look at where's a bit towards the end of the season, but I guess you take that. Well, that amount of games on pitch. Yep. So um, with the season at the moment, do you want to... Big up any of the uh, the players you want to, you know, if they're listening to go, hey, you really need to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every single one that's starting today. <laughs> Good work. Here's a bit of a rock it up. Now, look, we've, uh, we've had some good players come in this season. Uh, I think Kieran Witt has been a huge signing for us. He's come across from the now defunct Leeming Strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think he finished fourth or fifth in the Golden Boot for amateurs last year. Uh, he's now the eighth from his first ten games. Wow! In state, in state league, and he's second or third in the goal scoring. So that's been huge for him. Um, obviously, Nathan Smith, um, another actual Albany boy. That's how I know him from a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah, he's been fantastic for us. He's got that NPL experience with Armadale and Subi, so he's been a big leader for us. That's brilliant. Now, obviously, the reason we've got you on uh, is to. Uh Highlight the pub court that's coming up, 18s only. You want to you want to uh, give some information about that one? Yeah, so pub <laughs> court <call> tonight. <laughs> yeah. 
I like that. I've got to keep it. I've got to keep the boys in check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel sorry for the uh, all the Sunday players yeah. <laughs> that uh, that have to go play tomorrow. At least we get our game out of the way yeah. and, <laughs> and we can we can enjoy it. So. Yeah, that's tonight. We've actually got a bit of a social calendar at the moment. We've got that, and then we've got our bamboo trip next weekend. Mm. Um, a lot of the boys are staying down there. So, yeah, pub crawl, kicking off. Six o'clock at the Balmoral Hotel is, uh, is what I'm looking at. Yeah. I'm glad you're on to it. My, <laughs> uh, my, focus, my focus is on the game, and I'll worry about that uh, after 90 minutes. Of that course you do. Yeah, yeah. So that, uh, yeah, you see the uh, the Curtin U boys out there, give them a... Uh, Give him a good hello and uh, don't buy him another beer because I'll have more than enough. <laughs> so, uh, the women's side of things down there, do you have much of an involvement in that, uh, particularly with your, your background in the uh, technical uh, director's uh, role? Do you, do you any sort of crossover? A, um, a little bit. Um, not so much with the players, but obviously uh, with the coaching staff. Um, we quite often see each other Tuesday night and communicate during the week. So um, I'll try and watch most of their games um, on NPL TV, which is a, a luxury to have. So yeah. they're, they're, uh, they're coming along. It is a process there. Um, so I'm now working with them. Uh, I think he's a fantastic appointment in that space. Uh, he's just dedicated and passionate. Uh, he's got his coaching badges, and, uh, and I've already seen a huge improvement um, from the previous coaching staff into just his commitment and dedication and how the girls are responding to him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was being a, a little bit facetious there. The reason we do have have you on, obviously, we need to have a chat about Curtin Uni for, for, for sure, but um, you've got some uh, some injury concerns uh, within the club that um, you're looking to get some new players? Yeah, I think this one's, uh, this one's blown out of the water a little bit this week. Um, in terms of, the, terms of the chat, I feel this. Obviously, yeah, we're looking for a, a couple of reserve players. Um, a couple of young players that want to start and obviously develop into the first team. Um, we've had, had some injuries with the first team. Uh, I think I've had four season-ending injuries wow. now. Wow. Uh, two ACL, dislocated shoulder. Um, so that hasn't been much fun. And then we've just, the nature of, of people work life, we've had two players after no reserves go across over east, one to Canberra and one to Melbourne for work. Oh, I was going to say for soccer. I was going to say that that's, that's not yeah. would have been good for for that sort of promotion, but for, for work as well. Okay, and so if somebody is interested, uh, they contact John or yourself. Yeah, so John will work. Sir, can I give out his number or, or not? Because I mean, yeah, uh, I don't have his number. These is why well, I, I do. So it's, it's on the website. That's why I just thought yeah. I'd get permission first before <laughs> I. Say. Yeah, no. So uh, yeah. Those that uh, are interested and want to put themselves forward to uh, to have a chance to play at, at, at higher grades should contact John Woolwork at on 0411 and uh, you can register interest there, rock up to training and uh, be under the watchful eye of uh, yourself and go, yes, no, maybe. Yeah, always welcome again. Um, we're lucky enough to have teams at all levels, so... I think we're, we're in a good position there that we've always got a place for the players that are in the area that are interested to play. Yeah. And I think this week we've even got a player that's pushed through our amateurs that's, you know, playing reserve. So wow. we're, we're, we obviously focus on that first. Um, and some of our first ten players have come through Metro level at the club. Uh, really? Um, wow. Yeah. So uh, I think 
exciting that we can have give that opportunity internally um, to develop and have players push through. And, and just to clarify, so that there's no misunderstanding. Yeah. You don't need to be a Curtin University student to play for Curtin no. University. <laughs> well, it, it sounds no, like a silly question, not. but I've there has been confusion. Well, that used to be the case oh, yeah. at uh, at UWA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, definitely not. We have. Uh, we have. I know it sounds like a bit of a yeah, a bit of an obvious question, but it's it's yeah. Certainly, when I was coaching uh, Coburn at the junior level, we we played um, against Curtin Uni, you know, we're talking under 11s, under 12s or something, and I had parents saying, do these kids go to uni? Um, and it was like, no, no, it's it's Curtin Uni, but there's no uni requirement for to play for the club. Sorry about that. That was a uh, <laughs> uh, an ESPN update that says Steph Curry's on fire, but that's a different sport. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I did say drain him off three years. Yeah. Well, that's... Oh, okay, so... Yeah, well, obviously, Pete, I mean, if you're playing at that level, how are they getting into uni? I mean, unless they're Doogie Howser. Yeah, I was going to say Doogie Howser type. <laughs> yeah, look, we do have a lot of uni students, obviously. Um, we do have that sort of culture yep. throughout, our, throughout our club, which is good. I think it's a good culture for, for probably players that have, have become disillusioned with NPL 20s and probably haven't stepped up to first team because um, there's a lot of players around that sort of age bracket. Yep. And there's yep. a culture around that sort of age bracket. Um, so I think yeah, in that aspect, it, it's open to all players yeah. across the club. Now you've got uh, masters as well. So, like you say, there's a, a club at Curtin Uni for for everybody and at every level. How uh, how involved are you with the masters? Not much, or oh, look, besides Campbell and knowing a few of the boys, uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's about it. How involved Mark Campbell? Yeah, well, he's involved in everything. Um, the Masters are in the 55 this year. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's why I was mentioning you've you've got the over 55s uh, division this season. So that that's great. So uh, is that is that is that walking football? The over 55s? Uh, no, it's all 11 v 11 football. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be a good, a good laugh. Good team going out and enjoying it. To be fair, at um, over 55s, it's probably shuffling football. Shuffling, even you know. <laughs> God, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with all the aggression behind it, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> all the aggression and none of the skills. Wait yeah. a minute, who said that? <laughs> uh, uh, very, I'd, I'd say it's probably a highly skillful competition, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. the balls to face, you're fine. Yeah, that's right, yeah, because I'm not running for it. <laughs> 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 who have you got uh, today, uh, Troy? I, I can't remember if you mentioned it or not. Yeah, so we're away for, to Ashfield today, so yep. the last team in the league we haven't played, so... Okay, so when you when you get there, uh, if you see um, Sean Kelly, give him a, a slap on the back and uh, and wish him uh, all the best. Yeah, off the field, yeah. Off the field, yeah, yeah. And, and then for off ninety the minutes, the and then for ninety minutes, just abuse him. He, he'll be used to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty good out there. Uh, I like Ashfield. Yeah, and then as you say, uh, Southwest Phoenix, the away trip uh, next weekend. Mm. So does the does the club actually organise anything for the away trip itself? Like, do you guys? You know, hire a team bus or anything, or is it just a case of get down there however you can? And yeah, so it's a, we, we went towards team bus, but it yep. was just the scheduling of it was too difficult um, with players and work commitments in the morning. Um, so essentially, everyone finds their own way. We've got accommodation sorted in town, so okay, um, it'll be good to stay away as a group and kind of probably. Have a bit of fun in Bunbury after hopefully three points. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as uh, Sean often says, with the uh, with the trip to Bunbury, he always called it Funbury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah we were, I think we were 
think it's our fourth trip down to Bunbury now because we spent all night series down there. Okay. Did you really? Wow. Yeah, we our whole group was based in Bunbury with Rockingham and Mandurah, so we're uh, well acquainted with Bunbury by now. <laughs> First name basis with the bouncers, I would have thought. <laughs> come on, come on. No, no, not no shoes. Oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> come on, you can't wear cleats into, the, into, wear into cleats. the club. Not the carpet. <laughs> oh, good one. Troy, anything else you'd like to... Um, to promote or, or talk to us about before we let you go? We know you've been it's game day that you're a you're a busy man. Yeah, no, it's been perfect. Uh, like I said, just if any available players interested, uh, there's that opportunity at state league level. Um, and likewise there's players in the area interested in playing football just in general from all the way through to under six and seven clusters, all the way through to over fifty five. So welcome to yeah, jump on our website good. and get well, in touch. That's a good statement. So what what is your your uh, advertised catchment area uh, for Curtin Uni. So yeah. what, what, what suburbs would that uh, enca- encapsulate? Uh, look, I'd probably say, you know, we've got players that come over towards, from over towards Fremantle, mm-hmm. uh, in the east, probably High Wickham. There's players travelling from everywhere. Wow, all the way to High Wickham. That's, oh, I suppose you'd get on the, uh, get on the yeah, road. It's not yeah, that far. It's not that far. Yeah. Yeah. Leach Highway, Fucking yeah. Highway. Yeah. Take you long to get anywhere in Perth at the moment. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> yeah. Well, unless it's raining and then everybody hits the brakes and uh, it takes you forever to get two minutes up the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good on you, Troy. I re- really do appreciate you uh, jumping on board. And like I said, it's um, it, it's our pleasure to help uh, promote those things. Uh, I don't know. We had a bit of fun with the with the pub crawl, but yeah, I, I saw that on the on the uh, the homepage and went, yeah, I, I, can't, I cannot <laughs> let that one go. An eighties theme. So you got the, uh, the lapels and the uh, the flare sorted, or what? Uh, I'll leave that one a little surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, keep that, we'll keep that under the hat for now. <laughs> you haven't you haven't gone and bought the uh, the Barry Wig chest hair with the gold medallions, have you? <laughs> no, 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 no. No chest hair tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit of decorum for those uh, for those ladies that are going past. Oh, look at this. <laughs> I'll leave that for the younger boys. Though, <laughs> <laughs> well done. All right. Well, as I say, we've, uh, we've got a packed show, and I know you're a busy man. Thank you very much for coming on board, Troy. We look forward to uh, to talking to you again in the future, and all the best for the for the season. Hopefully you, you, you hit that top four or, or better, and um, onwards and upwards for Curtin Uni. Good on you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Troy. That was... Oh, that was me not pressing the buttons correctly. That was Troy Reid, the head coach at Curtin University Football Club. That's interesting. I didn't uh, didn't realise he had that that long uh, and storied history. I didn't know yeah. he was a technical director before. Yeah. Well, he's been... He's done everything, yeah. as, a, as a lot of people have. Uh, while we're here, we may well run through yeah, the run second through division as well. So, uh, with last weekend's results, uh, the Friday night game was Curtin University against Gosnell City. Good work. Uh, played Good out work. a 2-0 draw, and then on the Saturday, it was a 4-1 away win to Karamar Shamrock Rovers over Kingsley Westside. Mm-hmm. Joondalup City 2-1 at home over... Uh, sorry, 4-2 at home over Southwest Phoenix. Yep. Belger and Ashfield played out a 2-0 draw, and Swan United had a 3-1 win over Wanneroo City. No result for Canning versus Morley. I'm assuming that's a COVID-affected one. Yep. And as we alluded to in today, this afternoon's fixtures, Curtin University are away to Ashfield. Karamar Shamrock Rovers are at home against Swan United. Uh, Belga make the road trip down to Southwest Phoenix. Gosnell City are at home against Kingsley Westside. Wanneroo City hosting Canning City and Morley Windmills against Joondalup City. So, Brilliant. 
yeah, over there in the uh, in the second division. Uh, currently, Karamar, uh four points clear at the top of the table, although Gosnells are a game behind the, as well. So, you know, theoretically, it's still pretty close there at the top. Yeah, and like Troy said, from, what do you say, from, from third to... To seventh, yes, two points. It's very close. And just a like statistical oddity I noticed, Wanneroo's sitting bottom of the table, right. um, nine games played, but they've actually drawn four out of their nine. They haven't had a win. They've had four draws oh. and five losses, which is it's, it's rare that you'd get a team like a result like that. You know, it's, that, that's yeah. And uh, how, how do you? It's like the start of season two of Ted Lasso, really, with the the string of draws. That's right. You you think, well, we're not playing that badly, but we're not getting wins. Now, speaking of Ted Lasso, something else I know. This (laughs) this is a long bow I'm drawing here. Here we go. um, I saw on the Keep Up website that Ange Postacoglu has hired a new assistant coach. Ted Lasso. A bloke by the name of Harry Kuhl. So Harry Kuhl is joining... Uh, Ange at Celtic, and the whole Ted Lasso tie-in is just the photo of uh, Harry there. He looks so much like <laughs> Nate; it's just incredible. He's he's obviously put on a bit of weight since his training days, and he, he just he, yeah, yeah, honestly looks looks like uh, Nate there. And he, I was he's been in a good pasture. Yeah, no, the the coaching career of uh, of Harry, he's, he's had a few head coaching roles in the lower divisions of English football. He has, yeah, and and has been sacked from most of them. Yeah, well, I mean. Realistically, practically every coach gets sacked at some point. Well, that's but yeah, so he had uh, Watford under 23s, Crawley Town in League yep, Two, Notts County Notts in County League was, Two, yeah. Oldham Athletic in League Two, and then Barnet in the National League. So that's he's always been like yeah. lowly, no insult but like down at the lower levels. Uh, but yeah, so now he's he's joining um, Postacoglu at Celtic, which is probably a good step up, really. Uh, oh, a huge step up. And, and you'd, you'd think, you know, it's one thing to be the boss at the lower levels, but yep. you're probably better off being the assistant boss at the at a higher level, especially, you know, once yep. you get up to Celtic Well, that's levels. what we saw with, uh, with Frankie Lampard Jr. that, um, you know, thrown into the deep end right from the word go. And if you don't get the, the instant results, which unfortunately... At, at that level, if you're not getting the instant results, you're um, you're under the pump. So, yeah, well, I've often said, you know, a, a decent, as we, we heard with Troy, a decent apprenticeship, like work your way through and then when you're ready, jump in. Yeah. And, I, and I often, particularly the um, the Crawley Town one, when he was a, appointed Crawley Town coach. Yeah. I thought, really? What, you know, is that the name that's got you the, the gig or is it your ability? Obviously... Being that's at that level of English football, you've got to have the um, the required UEFA badges, otherwise you're not going to get the the gig. But so he's obviously got those. But um, yeah, well, I thought it was a bit bit early because it was shortly after he left. Oh, who did he play for? Was it Melbourne Heart? He played for. Uh, he played for Victory. I think he played for Heart and Victory. Did he, he played for I, both. I think he played for both. Oh, I think I think Heart bought him over first, and then he switched yeah, to Victory or vice versa. That's our Harry, much. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good cash and checks. Oh, good luck oh to him. I wasn't going to go there, good Pete. Luck to him. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. That's our Harry. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Well, uh, we've got uh, coming up next. We've got Mo Livingston. We're going to go. As I say, one of my um, one of my loves is the amateur side of uh, football. We've got Mo Livingston, who is the head coach of Kingsley Westside Amateur Division Two, which um, you know the reason I've I've got there. We'll, we'll get on that story when when we have a chat to to Mo. You're with Huey and Pete on the World Football Program here on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You stay with us. Plenty more to come. Wait a minute.
There we go. You stay with us. Plenty more to come. Press that. Radio 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 107.9 FM. Oh, don't relax. I want elbows and backs. I want to see everybody from behind. Oswest Fencing and Royal Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install, or automate your gates, offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. 107.9 FM, your local station. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Joining us on the line now is Mo Livingston from Kingsley Westside's Amateur Division 2. Good morning, Mo. How are you today? Yeah, good morning. Uh, yeah, very well. That's very cool. well, indeed. I... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as I said when I uh, just rang you up there, you didn't think I was on the radio, did you? You thought I was having a laugh. No, I just I had things at the end of the week and just, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if it was the hat or uh, <laughs> too good to be true, but yeah, no, here we are. Yeah, no, it was the uh, the Mohawk beanie that always gives uh, a few people the, uh, what the, is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> now, Mo, you were up there uh, watching Emeralds versus Jaguars. What did you see in that particular game that caught your eye? Uh, look, what was that? I suppose the difference in... Uh, the uh, Sunday Premier to where we are in Division 2 was, mm. was one of the big things. And also, um, I was looking at Emerald because we were planning in the Cup uh, the following Sunday. Yep. Uh, so I was thinking look at what they were doing and, and what what we could probably do or find time to act or get a win on the board. But unfortunately, as you may well know, we we didn't get across the line. So mm. it ended in a bit, of, a bit of a failure to some degree. Never a failure, always a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that was a you know it was a high quality game. I thought, uh, you know, that, that finished one one. But anyway, so you're in the um, yeah. I'd like a, when I saw you down there, I thought, well, hang on, Bellinger aren't playing. What's he down here looking at this for? But then, you, as you explained uh, on the night, and just then to our listeners, that, that the reasoning there, it's um, for me. I thought it was a tad uh, unusual. I mean. Obviously, fair play to you to, to do your due diligence, but I thought it was a, a tad unusual to see uh, an opposition head coach scouting mm. uh, your upcoming opponents. I thought that that's that's really well done, particularly midweek on a on a fairly cold Wednesday night. Yeah, I think that the, the red wine kept me a little bit warm. <laughs> yeah, um, I know that that four dollar red wine—that's what put me over the edge. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's just one of those things where. I believe if I'm going to do something, I try and do it to the best of my ability. And and and, and from being a football night, too many years to remember, but certainly about 36, 37 years, I've been around a football pitch. Um, yeah, I just just try and make sure I do the best for me, do the best for the clubs that I'm with, and the uh, best for players. And and, and that that includes scouting, looking at other teams, and always trying to 
you know, develop, not just resting on your laurels, laurels mm. just you know, trying to improve where you can. Mm. Yep, yep, no, that's fair enough. While we're going down that path, can you tell us the Mo Livingston story? Where, where you're from, okay. how would you uh, become in the game, first club, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, look, oh, well, look, uh, you've probably gone back. Uh, started kicking a ball when I was about nine years of age um, back in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I tugged on to Manchester United at the time. They weren't very successful due to the George Best, the normal Mike type links. Yep. Um, and just uh, started playing for the, more for the enjoyment, I suppose, than anything else. But um, some people then started to tell me as I got older into the, the old rage groups, I, I sort of knew what I was doing and could play a little bit. So um, played for a lot of um, sort of Northern Ireland junior clubs, uh, including Linfield in the Irish League when I was 15. Wow. And that's when uh, that's when I was started um, to go across the number of clubs in the, in the mainland on trial. Uh, played for many United School boys, a uh, number of trials at Norwich, Ipswich, but a lot of other sort of top clubs at the time. But I ended up signing for Liverpool mm. um, as a, a schoolboy yeah. uh, when Graham Sooners was the gaffer there. So uh, made made my move over to the over to the mainland, as they say back there, <laughs> back in those days. Um, yeah, and uh, it started a bit of a, I suppose a, a bolt towards starting. Uh, or to try and get a career from it, um, and uh, it, it didn't work out. I ended up at Liverpool for a couple of seasons as a um, schoolboy and, and an apprentice, and then uh, got transferred down into Leicester City, and was at Leicester City for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. There as we yo-yo between Division One and the, the Premier League as it was at the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then unfortunately, the whole young boy's dream they, they, you know, someone brings them to a head and uh, no contract renewal so um, had to look at other options and out on trial to some of the clubs uh, even went back home to Northern Ireland played for a couple of teams there New Norge and Bangor trying to get a get a contract um, but the game was just so ruthless that uh, it, even with the, the, the backing and I suppose the good stuff I'd done um, couldn't find a contract so I had to get a real job um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got myself a real job and played uh, some non-league uh, for a different, few different clubs uh, through the main, you know, the mainland in, in around Leicestershire, Northamptonshire, um, and then from there I got an opportunity to come to Australia. Uh, so I uh, came here in about 2008, I think it was uh, early 2008, and just continued the love of the game. I uh, picked up with Cobia, went played there and coached there for a, for a little while, and then started my own club with a group of group of friends called Cavisham. Uh, yep. So Cavisham there for about seven or eight seasons and then took a bit of time I hopefully go back to it but unfortunately the club folded and uh, a good friend of mine who I met back in 2008 um, Chris Brady um, was across at Kingsley uh, I think it was Kingsley at the time or just about to come Kingsley Westside with a merger asked me would I want to get my feet wet again and, and come back into the game so I've, I've gone across there and took over their Sunday amateur side um, when they were in Div 3 a couple of seasons ago yeah. uh, and got the promotion last year on the back of a third place finish um, and I was sitting in Div 2 and uh, doing quite well uh, we're sitting obviously seven games seven wins in the in the division so we're sitting top of the ladder but um, a lot more work to do in the season yeah, a lot more work to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? A coach that goes, yeah, we're top of the table, but come on, boys, what's, what's going on? You know. <laughs> well, it, we're not even half at the halfway point, and what I can tell you, if anybody looks at the results of the games or <laughs> come and started us at the game, you know, it's not like we're seven seven. We're 
gone away. But then, I mean, a lot of the games we've played have been very, very close. Yeah. Um, in, in particular, the West Ham game, I would say, you know, you, during the season, you always have to make your points and have a bit of rubber league rings. Yeah. West Ham, um, I could make the game personally, but I watched it back on our video uh, and spoke to the coaches that were there until there was a isolation COVID restrictions. But um, that, that's the one where we got over the line and maybe, maybe we should have done. So, you know, that, that, that was a real solid three points. And all the other games, it's all with two in it. Um, uh, so it's very close. They could be reverse uh, scores later on in the season, which I hope they're not. Uh, <laughs> we've got four more games to go. So we'll, I'll have a look at the table at the halfway point, I think early July, and just see where everybody is. And then we'll we'll plan for the second half of the season. Yep. yep. Right. Again, there's a there's a coach doing his due diligence and making sure nobody gets uh, gets too far away. And and as you say, some of those uh, results, particularly um, uh, the last couple, because I mean, oh, the three, cup three two over Fremantle, yeah. Fremantle second second on the table. That's so right. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a huge result. Yeah. How that's, that's a six point game. Yeah. It, yeah. That, yeah. People were talking about that as a very six point game, and uh, we played against three of the last couple of seasons, so we knew. We really knew how strong they were going to be, in particular away from home on that massive pitch that they have down there at free open. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we sort of we, we set up for it. We um, we knew roughly what Freo were going to try and do. We knew how good they were, mm-hmm. and I think on the day it was um, it probably could have went either way again. Um, I do think, particularly in that game, though, in certain patches we probably had more of the ball, um, probably a few more opportunities here and there than they did. Um, so I think. Maybe us winning it was a fair result, but at the same time, you know, maybe coming away from a draw would have been a good result as well, especially Fremantle mm-hmm. after losing. But um, yeah, they were a very good team, and I would expect them to do good things um, in, in the next round, you know, next couple of rounds to the halfway point, and certainly will be there thereabouts trying to get the run back when they play us at our place again later in the season. Yeah, now yeah, so just going through a couple of those results. I mean, like I say, your yours result against Frio. Obviously, one of the highlights ones there, but uh, Bassanine Caledonian five, West Ham United yeah. four, and uh, and the one that um, takes my my interest, uh, not being wearing any hat or not, because as you well know, Mo, they're the local club. I, I walk up there and, and walk back, but uh, Subiaco one, Balladura AFC seven. I mean, mm. that that's a result that just came out of the blue. Oh, well, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll... Obviously, as you know, we, we played Balladura earlier in the season mm-hmm. um, and, and beat them um, 4 3. We just got across by the one goal. Yeah. Um, so for Ballad, and and Balladura probably didn't part mid table. So for them to then beat Subiaco that many is a bit of a, uh, you know, but has, it, it is a bit of a, a freak result to some degree. But at the same time, Subi could have had an off day. Uh, yeah. COVID, sickness, we, we all know in Sunday League, there's a number of other things that can yeah. impact things week to week, not even during the season, but even as quick a uh, quick turnaround from week to week. Yeah. And we've got through the actual office this, this week, and then on Thursday night, the, the, the first thing I told the lads um, at the end of the session is, don't look at the league table, um, because I think earlier in the season, about round three or four, I think Manfred was sitting bottom. Yeah. Um, Beat Curtin, who at the time was sitting in second place from yep. memory. Yeah, well, Curtin's still third. Yeah, yeah. Third yeah, so so the point I make to my players is look, the league table's a guide. I think we want to be at the top of it at the end of, the, end of all the rounds, but um, you've got to turn up every every week with the right attitude. You've, you've got to start from the first whistle. 
Um, you, you've got to play the tactics that we've trained, um, that, that we've coached them to do. Um, so I've got some of the coaches that work with me, Ben Andrews and Chris Brady, and we prepare them as a group. So when they go out on a Sunday, it's not about looking at a team that can be 7-1 by Ballard Dura, maybe, or three in the season to go, well, this is an easy game. It's not. I think um, in this in the Sunday League and all the leagues, but certainly from what I've seen in Division 2, um, you've got to turn up, you've got to start well, you've got to take your chances. I think that's a big thing in Sunday League. Um, you, you know, you've got to really put the other team under pressure, take your chances, and then try not to give too much away at the back end um, and, and be solid in defence. Mm-hmm. Now, with the uh, Kingsley Westside having you know, too, ma- too many teams to mention, do you yeah. do you have much of overlap with the the Saturday uh, team and and their setup or not? Oh yeah, look, we obviously train on the same night. Yes, and, uh, Jim, is, Jim is the sort of the, the head coach of the whole club. Um, so I, I do get to, to talk to him and you know bounce ideas off of if required. I also speak to you know speak to the others, uh, Monty there and Jason does the resis and, and Pete and Tom. Um, it's really just a close knit club. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, there's it's no no question too hard, and if you need help, you put your hand up and ask for help and. Um, share ideas um, and Ben Andrews been a, been a font of knowledge coming down back into Sunday League that's been in the State League um, uh, and assisted, assisted me this year uh, he just comes with a wealth of knowledge um, and a good, really good football and brain that, that I'm even learning stuff from Yep so um, the Perth Hills game uh, how did you enjoy that one because that's a that's a fair old trek up there the uh, Green Mountain Hill Yeah look the Put some nice food on at the back. Yeah, end. they do, don't they? <laughs> on, on, a, on, a, on a wet Thursday night, so that, that was on the comments. Um, the Perth Hill lads, Perth Hill lads, are all looking brilliant. Um, really good hosts. Um, the game itself, yeah, again another strange game. We we walked away three 0 winners, yeah. and I suppose even being honest, first half we could have been six seven nil up. Um, we just sort of created loads of chances, weren't clinical enough, and I was actually a bit shocked with. The, the ease that we sort of played through them and um, didn't really get a challenge from them in the first mm. 45 minutes. Um, but certainly in the second half, uh, completely different. Um, they came out, very, mocked us very tightly, reduced the space that we had, uh, played probably a little bit more direct onto our back four um, and kept us up the pitch. And, and maybe it could have started like that. You know, the whole game could have been different. But, but again, I think We've done enough in the first 45 minutes to put, um, put a bit of light between us and them. And um, we've seen the game out after the 90 minutes, got the 3-0 win. Yep. Have you been down to the uh, to Chichester uh, in the last couple of days with that rain coming down? I know when I spoke to you um, c- uh, last week that uh, there's been some redevelopment there to help with the drainage. Uh, how's it looking? At, or have you been down there to have a look at it? I mean, like I say, Thursday, Thursday it threw it down, so that would be giving yeah. you some sort of an indication of what, uh, what's likely to happen this weekend. Look, on Thursday night, I wouldn't say it's the bowling green, but um, <laughs> it, was a, it was as close to a bowling green as it's probably we're going to get. Um, the pitch looked really good Thursday night. We trained on it. Um, and like I say, since the um, Jindalock Council's put some uh, a drainage or extra, you know, extra drainage in there whilst they're doing the build-up work in the clubhouse, that drainage really seems to have helped. Um, unfortunately, the pitches were the position and historically the health water, and they still do hold a bit. But ordinarily, when it looks like a, a swimming pool, um, someone will take a photo and post it to the 
the club chat for And that hasn't happened, so I'm hopeful when my fingers crossed that I'm not going to need to snorkel tomorrow when I get down there. We can we can get down and, and get prepared for the game. We know we should be with the rain camp a little bit more this afternoon and tomorrow morning. Good one. Yeah, yeah, no. And uh, they've increased the parking around there as well. It must be... Um a, a delight for to not have to, uh, you know, park seven, eight, nine minutes down the road to get, <laughs> to get down to Chichester. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, the increase the parking along the road, um, the car park, I think, is uh, at the back end of when they think the club rooms are finished, they're going to have a slight extension on it. And uh, there's some parking now on the far end um, of Chichester where we're now using sort of portables and demountables where we're set up. Um, mm. Uh, you know, for this year and uh, hopefully not for next year, but, uh, you know, it depends how long the the, the rebuilding is going to take. But um, the, the council have been really good. Um, the residents have been really good. Um, Chris Burry and the committee have worked um, sort of terrorously um, in the background just making everything work. So they've set the club up. We're, we're doing really well. We've got the juniors meeting in, um, from West Side, Kingsley West Side now. Um, yeah, and, and I think the club when the development's finished, um, it's just going to go from strength to strength. Hopefully that's the plan through State League and through uh, Sunday Amateurs. Good. Yeah, no, that, that's working well. Hey, anything else you'd like to uh, to inform our listeners with, Mo, that um, you want to uh, promote th- through Kingsley Westside? Uh, no, not really. I mean, if you have any questions for me, I'm happy to answer, but I'm, I'm just happy to, you know, meet you down there at the... Uh, Ballinger a pitch for a game with an emerald a bit out of left field. It was good to have a conversation with you about football and um, you know you know about the game in general. It's always nice to speak to speak to people with a football in mind and um, a passion for the game, not only historically but to move it forward and to, to make it better. Yeah. yeah, well, that's that's. That's very nice of you to say so. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll get that as a soundbite. Thanks, yeah, Pete. I think we will. Yeah, yeah. Good on yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> good on you, Mo. Well, thank you very much for for joining us. And I, I really do appreciate uh, the time you've given us today. We've got a, a, a packed show. We've got a couple of more, well, one more guest to, to, to get on. But I need to do, be mindful of the time management because uh, the next show, uh, I reckon, if I'm late again, they're going to kick me in the in the backside. So I'm going to get a, get that time management sorted. Uh, and as you would know as a coach, time management is, is key. If you can get uh, get everything under control, then everything's uh, working well. You continue to have the season that you're having, and uh, it's all uh, credit to yourself and the team that you have under you down there at Kingsley Westside. And we look forward to talking to you very, very soon in the future. All right. Thanks, you. I hope to see you down at one of the games soon. No, you, yeah, I may not be wearing that uh, that beanie, but you, you, you'll hear me, that's for sure. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Ta-da, mate. Cheers, bye. And that, was, and that was Mo Livingston, the head coach of Kingsley Westside Division 2 Amateurs. So, uh, like I said... Uh, flying he, high. Yeah, that, well, that's right. But as he said, it's a division of... of Fine margins that yeah you know, okay yes they're undefeated in seven but as as he said there that Frio City game um, they they were lucky to get that yeah, that three yeah. points well which... uh, their their goal difference is plus fifteen so that's you know that's an average of about a two nil uh, like sorry, two goal victory it's yeah. not 
you know, like you said, they're not winning 7-0 every week. No, no, no. No, 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 no that, that, that's the uh, that's the realm of Balladura. Yeah. Now a couple other results. For it. Just to brush over quickly. Uh, midweek we had the cup round. Yes, we did. Sorrento two one over Murdoch University Melville. Which cup is this one, Pete? Oh, so this is the uh, now known as the Australia Cup. Oh, so the the well, what we, what we call the state <laughs> league uh, state cup, but. Um, the top two teams obviously go through to the FFA yep. Cup, and I uh, hate to bring it up again, but the glory's already been eliminated yeah, from yeah, that. I, so I, 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 this is, these are going to be our representative West Australian representatives in the Cup proper. Uh, so two-one uh, win to Murdoch University Melville, two-nil win to Armidale over um, Inglewood United, uh, Coburn City one-nil over Sterling Macedonia, and Bayswater City put Western Knights to the sword six-nil. Fantastic. And I've got the uh, the NPL fixtures in front yep. of me at the moment. So Bayswater City will play Perth Glory. That's These games are all today at 3pm. At yep. the moment, there's nothing that's been listed as postponed due to a sneezing fit. But uh, as we always say, make sure you check before you get down there in case you have to drive a distance. We've got Florida Athena playing Perth. Yep. Sterling Macedonia, and it still says Sterling Lions on this one. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to mention the uh, the app that I'm on, but it still says Sterling. <laughs> it doesn't say Sterling Macedonia. We'll play Armadale. Gwilup Croatia will play Perth Red Star. Inglewood United will play Balcata. And Sorrento host Coburn City at Windy Hill. Now, I have to say, Coburn City, a magnificent 1-0 win last week over Perth Red Star, who were top of the table. That's right. So, yeah, no, it's, it's so, brilliant. Yeah, very happy about that. You're going to hit some more fixtures there for, for us, Pete? Did you have the... Yeah, we can run through the uh, the State League uh, First Division really? as well. So, in the first div, um, last weekend, Olympic Kingsway 4-1 over Rockingham City. Uh, Olympic Kingsway are top of the table, and look there... Again, I know it's early days and all, but not even halfway through, but they're running away with it. They're seven points clear now. Um, Quinns FC had a 3-2 win over Joondalup United. Fremantle City 2-1 over Murdoch University Melville. Western Knights hosted Mandra City. Mandra City came away with a win 2-1 there. Uh, Forestfield United had a 3-0 home win over Subiaco AFC. And UWA Nedlands had a 1-0 win over Dianella White Eagles for UWA. So that was those two were the bottom two. Yeah. Uh, and... Well, I guess Dianella was hoping for the win there to sort of get out of that second last spot. But it wasn't uh, well, to be. again, as I regularly say, you wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of Bobby. But uh, <laughs> never mind. So the Women's National Premier League. Yeah, so in the Women's NPL, we had a game last yeah, night. Yeah, I haven't got the result. What have you got there, mate? I've got a 5 1 win to Mum FC over Curtin University. Crikey. So it's uh, almost like a university derby, then, a derby, then, isn't it? A derby, derby. I don't know why yeah. I said that. <laughs> I don't know where derby went, came you from. You were all Sydney it's there a for derby, a minute. Yeah. I know. I didn't. I went very East Coast, didn't I? <laughs> um, and then coming up this weekend, so tomorrow, Perth SC at home against Fremantle City, Balcata Etna playing Hyundai NTC Women, yep. and Subiaco AFC against Perth Red Star. Yeah, that, that's got a 3.45 uh, kickoff for some unknown reason. Well, maybe the pitch is busy. So, um, it could be, Perth, yeah. Perth Red Star, uh, speaking of running away with the league, already 10 points clear there, <laughs> nine played, nine wins, Fremantle City second spot on 17 points, and... Uh, Curtin University, as we uh, spoke earlier, unfortunately sitting bottom of the table there with uh, one draw out of their first nine matches of the season. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the Red Stars with Larissa. I mean, how many she got already? What, 15? Yeah, oh, yeah, my goodness. Larry, that. she's a... Oh, don't, don't let her get anywhere near the ball. <laughs> she was. Uh, and in other news, so I would be remiss not to miss the, uh, mention this. 
100 years ago this week. Here we go. Socceroos played their first ever match, although yep. they weren't known as the Socceroos back then. Uh, so June 17th, 1922 in Dunedin, uh, we played New Zealand uh, with a 3-1 win to New Zealand. Brilliant. Uh, and apparently there is going to be a commemorative uh, double header match between the Australia and the Kiwis. They've already fixtured the uh, game for the for New Zealand, uh, the New Zealand hosting game, uh, but we'll also be um, having one game here in Australia to commemorate that. So, yeah, but, 100 years ago today, people that think soccer is just yeah. a bit of a new thing here, oh, it's only since the world. No, it's been going on a long time. It's just you don't hear about it because the AFL has to. Well, and I, I don't have the, 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 the statistics in front of me. I could open up the internets and find out, but yeah. Um, Bassanine in Caledonia. They're, they're nearly what, 120, 130 oh, yes, years old. Yes, I do remember seeing them on the yeah. on the w, uh, football yeah. WA, and they're a very old pay, uh, very old team. So. Yeah, I mean, older than some of the uh, the egg shape uh, <laughs> clubs that uh, claim that they're you know they're historically. But anyway, we'll we'll get on that one later. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, coming up next uh, Taylor Warwick from Kelmscott Roos. He's going to tell us all things um, going on there and uh, the transition they've had from being, unfortunately, relegated from um, the Sunday, uh, Saturday Division 2 to the Sunday Leagues. But we'll have a chat to him about that. He's a committee member there and a current player. So we're going to get the, the dual aspect of how does the club run and how do you run for the club. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> see what I did there, Pete? That's oh, quite that's clever. very clever. <laughs> No, not clever enough, obviously, but never mind. Very busy. <laughs> you, oh, stop. I've turned that down so many times. That's Steph Curry still doing really well. Uh, 43 points he's got at the moment, but anyway, I'm going to have to delete that or <laughs> mute that because, you know, some people would think it's the other round ball that he's interested in. It's not. That's an auto thing. I'm not doing that deliberately. Anyway, you stick with us. You're on Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. You've got... Pete Skelia and myself, Hugh Best in the chair. Plenty more to come. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels, all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor.
Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Like I said, I love that pronunciation. Radio Fremantle. <laughs> I wish I... Yeah, anyway, we did that joke. Yeah. <laughs> On the line, joining us now is committee member and current player for Kelmscott Roos, Taylor Warwick. Good morning, Taylor. How are you today? Morning, gentlemen. I'm very, very well. How are you? Oh, I'm great now. That that's four for four. I'm I'm flying. Unbelievable. I'm almost uh, going to be able to get rid of that amateur hour tag that's on the front of the door every time I walk through it. Fantastic, Taylor. We've um, we've got you on the show for a very very special reason. Uh, can you? Well, before we start that, can you give us the Taylor Warwick story, please? Where did you start? What was your your first club? And yeah. how do we find you now? So. So yeah, I've I've actually my first club and uh, it was Kelmscott Roos. I've been there oh. since I was I started there when I was about six years old. Wow! In the juniors, <laughs> um, and I've been there ever since. But one year I spent at Armadale. Um, yeah, another that been at Kelmscott Roos since I was yeah since I was six years old. So I'm 24 now. So. Yeah, you can do the masters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's brilliant. I mean, we we know Kelmscott as a as a very nice. I mean, every time I went up to the referee, it was a brilliant place. Yeah, facilities yeah. are great. The food was great. The pitch was great. The crowd were, and and and, and the support team that you have there at Kelmscott were always very welcoming. It, it's yeah. a it's a wonderful club. Yeah, it's a, it's a special club. Special club for me and my family. We've um. My family, even my dad's been there over thirty-five years or wow. whatever it is. So yeah, we've 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 we bleed green and gold at the moment for Kelmscott. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a fantastic club to be a part of. You know, we've got a, a really good fan base of, of, of loyal supporters that you know follow us wherever we go, and um, and just a, a great junior base of, of young footballers coming through as well. So it's, it's a great club to be a part of for sure. And I see uh, your uh, Kelmscott juniors are, are going to be involved in the um, the Crystal Palace Leeds United game. Yeah, yeah. So that would be that would be pretty cool for the juniors to be a part of. Um, mm. We did it. We did it. I think when the Chelsea when Chelsea and stuff came here as well last year, um, and they enjoyed it, and it was a really good experience for them. So we thought it'd be a good thing to do again. And and yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty cool to see them running around the Optus Optus Stadium pitch and, and enjoying themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as I say, we've um, we'll get onto uh, more in depth with the Kelmscott Roos Soccer Club. Yep. Um, playing side of things, but we've got you on for a very, very uh, special reason. Can you yep. give us some information about the fundraising auction that you have for Sergio Tucci? Firstly, yeah. who was yeah, Sergio? No. Oh, sorry, who is Sergio? Oh, dear, oh, dear, my English yeah, is terrible. <laughs> That's right. So, Sergio, um, well, Sergio Tucci, everyone calls him either Serge or Tucci. Yeah, um, I just I called him Tucci him. when I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he's, he's, a, he's a pretty special bloke for our club. He's... Um, He's been a part of it for the, for the best part of 20 years in, in playing and also coaching. Um, he, he coached myself and a few of the boys playing for the amateurs now back in back in under 16s, junior days and all that sort of stuff when we when we winning the league back then. Um, and he just he's been a part of the club ever since then. Um, unfortunately, about two and a half years ago, Serge was diagnosed with uh, a rare uh, T cell lymphoma, which is a rare blood cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, um, but he, you know, he, he went through it. He went through all his treatments two and a half years ago, and um, actually worked out really well. He he, he um, went into remission and all that sort of stuff. And um, about uh, I don't know, probably about a month ago, he was he was told that um, he wouldn't actually have to go back in the hospital um, for a long time, for at least five years. Um, unfortunately, he um, contracted COVID, uh, was COVID positive, um, which 
it, it, it uh, basically brought back his T-cell and yeah. the cancer. Yeah. Um, um, worse than ever, basically. So Serge is, is currently dealing with that. Um, he requires, he actually requires, a, he's, well, he's going through chemotherapy at the moment, um, which uh, for him, it's uh, unfortunately costs about $25,000 per treatment. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously, to anybody, is a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and the worst part is that they don't actually know how many how many rounds of treatment he needs. So it could be could be one, it could be five, it could be you mm. know it could be ten. So it's it's a lot of money to, to shell out. Um, you know, Serge has been a, a big part of of Calm Scott Ruse and, and my life as well for for the you know for twenty years or so. And, and it's um we we wanted to do the best thing by Serge and, and try to help him gain um, as much money as possible to to help him through his his battle through um, T-cell lymphoma. So we've got a fundraiser coming up on the 19th of June, uh, which is next, well, this next Sunday coming. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we actually, our amateur team are playing against Maddington White City, which is, again, another big club. Yep. Um, but throughout the day from 11 o'clock, we've got all our senior teams there. We have um, massive amounts of raffles, items that we'll, we'll um, be running throughout the day. Uh, we'll have crossbar challenges running through the day. We've got um, live music. Um, hopefully, we'll have a photographer there. Um, hoping about a thousand people. That'd be great. <laughs> no, no, no. You, um, you're on here now. It'd be more than a thousand. We, 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 yeah, oh, yeah that's fantastic. that's why we got you on to to, to get exactly. this uh, yeah. going. Continue. Sorry. Um, no, yeah. Um, so, and um, we've done a lot of uh, myself and, and my mum and, and a few other committee members have done a lot of work in the recent weeks to try to try to have the opportunity to raise as much money as possible so um, we've been in contact with professional players um, so there's a few professional players that have actually donated mm. some match-worn jerseys and all that sort of stuff out of their own collections which is amazing so Trent Sainsbury, Sam Kerr, um, Brandon O'Neill, Bruno Fornaroli, um, all these all these players have, have given up their own personal worn jerseys um, mm. and, and given them to us to, to auction off and raise as much money as possible. Um, and yeah, it's, it's working at the moment. We've got we've got um, an auction running um, online that you can find the links on Facebook, I suppose. Um, yep, that's that, where I found it. We'll, yep. we'll be sharing it yep. on our group too. Yep, so. So, yeah, so yeah, like I said, we're, we're here to help. So, yep. <laughs> that's, that's but um, yeah, so that Sam Kerr jersey, that's the uh, match worn and signed Chelsea away jersey. So we were yep. talking with Molly Appleton earlier on the show about Sam Kerr. Yep. That, you know, she's the the current women's Super League Player of the Season. So this is yeah. a rare, yeah. rare chance to to own history. This is the the shirt she wore while she became the Golden Boot winner and the yeah. Player of the Season, and in our mind, the the Ballon d'Or winner. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. After I was, I was going to put a I was going to put a, a little note on the on the auction saying that future Ballon d'Or winner Sam Kerr shirt. So you yeah, to yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> as you should, because yeah, I mean how she's been. Well, yeah, passed over a few times, but then that—that's that shirt that's going on there. Uh, you've got the the Barbagello yeah. twenty-four lap school day. I mean, that. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, that was donated by one of the players' dads, um, which is great. That'd be pretty cool to um, jump in the car and, and ride around Barbagello. Yeah, well. yeah, and that's mm. in the uh, Formula Ford, I think it is. is it the, no, is it the Formula Ford one, or is it the supercar? I think. 
think it's the Ford one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. The pictures of the Formula Ford one. It is, no, that's what I'm looking at because yeah. I, I know that Barbagello do a couple. I um, was lucky enough that uh, the family gave me a, a supercar one where the, uh, oh, yeah. the instructor was not very happy when I went from fifth to third going around <laughs> the hairpin. Yeah, but uh, as I said to him, you've given me the keys. <laughs> exactly right. Now, there's a few fantastic prizes that can be won on, on the auctions uh, alone, and then we've got, um, you know, in the in the raffles to, to name a few, we've got a Perth Glory um, corporate box that can be um, used throughout all next season for, for one for one game next season. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know, um, prizes given to us by like Repco stores and all that sort of stuff. So we've got a we've got a huge amount of support um, from the local community, um, which is it's it's really special. Um, and yeah, Serge is extremely grateful for it as well. So it's going to be really special so yeah no that, that's brilliant like i said the uh the trent sainsbury oh before we get to um, well no i will we'll mention it. trent sainsbury ryan it's uh he's got his uh Socceroo, uh shirt and his uh match-worn psv einhoven shirts which is absolutely bloody amazing yeah. that uh he's nice there what uh, association does trent have with kelmscott is, is it just the, the goodness of his heart or is he came through uh, the uh kelmscott ranks no nah, it was it's more just the good my my dad um, Dennis he, um, he knows Trent's dad quite well right um, just through work and all that sort of stuff so um, and and Trent's dad has come down and watched um, you know his, his fair share of games as well um, for us so I, I'd assume it's just a just a friendship more so than anything um, and yeah so not really he's never I don't think he ever played for us um, would have been cool but. <laughs> yeah, claim him as your own why not yeah so yeah, the, the, yeah there's the. The, home, the Socceroos home shirt, the Socceroos away shirt, his PSV Eindhoven shirt, and uh, his Inter Milan um, training jacket. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, so pretty cool stuff that he gave up. There's, there's even a Socceroos That's right, yep. I'm looking at that one as well. Uh, Wikipedia tells me he did go to Kelmscott High School, so it says he played for oh, Armadale, exactly. but he, you know, there is a Kelmscott association there. He went to the same high school I did then. I'll claim that. So yeah, you, you're part of the committee uh, there. How does that um, tie in with your playing duties? Because obviously, um, most people play, and then for the love of the club, mm. then become committee members. It, it's, in my opinion, yeah. a rarity uh, to see a player as as young as yourself uh, putting their hand up to become one of those um, committee members that that you know is the heartbeat of any club. Yeah. Look. Um I've I've always been I've always been involved just around the club just as a volunteer just just helping out where I can, um, and I've always I've always played I've always I've never I've actually always said that I never really wanted to go into the committee. And no, who does? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just uh, I don't know. This year was um, my my dad's always been a part of the committee. He was the president um, for a couple of years, um, and just seeing the the level of commitment that he's had, I, I kind of wanted to emulate that and follow in his footsteps and, and try to help the club as best I possibly can um, with my ideas and, and my family's ideas, and that's where it kind of stemmed from me going to the committee. Um, my, my, my first focus is always playing, um, but if I can if I can get the club into the best possible positions um, from being on the committee and whatnot while playing at the same time, then that's, that's, that's what I'd, I'd be happy to do. So, And what position do you play, uh, Taylor? Are you... Uh... Uh, I'm a goalkeeper. A keeper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we I currently like play for the, the amateur first team along with Serge as the coach. Um, I've, I've been a part of the you know, state league setup for since we started in state league eight years ago or nine years ago now. So I've been uh, I've been around the box for a while. <laughs> okay, so you weren't part of the um, the Saturday team then? 
Yeah, yeah, I was. So I played um, last year. I played reserves. I actually played outfield last year because I just wanted to have a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, I was yeah, I was the first hand keeper for a few years at um, uh, in the state league div two. Okay. And how? Cause one of the, the the things that interested me, and I'm super happy that you uh, you put your hand up to become a, a guest on the show. It, how was the transition between Saturday League and Sunday League? Because you're in a, that unique position where it's only just recently happened. We mm-hmm. uh, again one of the hosts uh, here on uh, the World Football Program, Sean Kelly, when Armadale got uh, relegated from State League One to State League Two, he's he and, yeah. and Phil Kelly said it was one of the best things that could have happened to the club. It, is that mm. is that a similar situation for you you guys down there at Kelmscott? It is, yeah. So when it, when it first happened, it was it was pretty tough to take. Oh, of course, um, yeah. We, yeah. We were in the State League for for quite a for yeah. quite a while and. Um, we were always just teetering on the edge of kind of falling back into the amateurs, but um, yeah, I, I feel it is it is a better. We're in, the club's in a better position, obviously money wise. Being in the amateurs is you know it um, doesn't cost you as much to no. run the team, mm. um, but the the players that we've been able to attract as well in the amateurs is is um, is amazing compared to what we were able to attract when we were in state league div two. It's uh, it's a bit confusing to me because you know we've got. Um, in our starting eleven, probably for our state league side, uh, sorry, amateur prem side, um, every single player that starts has played NPL previously and, oh. and recently as wow. well. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the players that we were able to attract in amateur prems compared to state league was is astronomical. So um, we're better off in a position as we've got a better side, we've got better, um, we've got a better coaching setup at the moment as well. We've got. Um, We've got a good bunch of boys as well, so it's yeah. I, I feel we're better off for it. And is the ambition still to get back into state league too, or, or I mean, obviously yeah, most most clubs want to play at the next level, obviously. But um, you know, if things uh, things are running better, yeah. is... as, as a as a as a person that wants the best of the club, I, I want to be NPL. I want right. to yes. be, yeah. I want to be an NPL club, and that my my ambition and my goal in the next 10 years is try to get us there. and um, But look, I, we do want to go up. But our, our goal this year was, uh, Serge's goal specifically wasn't necessarily to be promoted straight away, but as a player and, and as a playing group and speaking for the playing group, we want to, we want to win the league this year and um, give, you know, Serge a, uh, the deserving trophy that he's, you know, deserves this year because of the amount of effort and, and, and stuff that he's put in for the boys. We want to win the league for him and, and get us back into state league and, and keep moving up. Okay, and um, who have you got this week? Uh, we've got East Perth, actually. So, uh, very, very intriguing game for us because East Perth beat us in the amateur night series final. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we want to we want to try to get one back back over them. So um, it's going to be a very tough game, but um, I feel we're in a really good position to try to hopefully win it. And those in the so what's the catchment area for Kelmscott? I mean, obviously Kelmscott, but <laughs> how how far and wide uh, do you do you um, recruit from? We we recruit from anywhere, anywhere that anyone that really wants to come to us um, doesn't matter how far they are. You know, we've got um, players coming from uh, over near Wanneroo Way, um, so we've got you know people people everywhere basically. But majority of our boys live around the Kelmscott Bedford Isle sort of area. Um, Armadale area um, around there um, so it's, we don't have a massive catchment area but um, we have some special players coming from over Wanneroo way as well so Wow well, that far up okay yeah 
I don't know why they're so crazy to come that far. But. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were saying with some of those players that, that have come to the, the club uh, recently with NPL experience, is, is that because they've got work commitments and, and don't want to commit to the to the, the, the Saturday league, or is it... Yeah, some of them. So there's, yeah, there's a specific player that um, is, has um, religious commitments. He can't, he can't play on a Saturday, so he plays on the Sunday instead. Um, the year before he was playing at Gwell Up and all that sort of stuff and um, and there's some players that you know last year um, even though we had a really really tough year mm. the boys that came down from MPL um, we created a really good like a really good playing friendship type group and mm-hmm. all those boys were, were still keen on staying around an extra season so um, it's just it's the environment more so than, than players um, ability to, to play on a Sunday it's more just the environment that we've created as a team that um, attracts the players coming down from MPL. Yeah, that says a lot, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. Um, so, what else is happening in the Kelmscott Roos uh, space that you would like to tell us about? Um, to be honest, not a lot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're just a so, club that continues and, and just 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 goes day by day. And um, the biggest thing that we've got now is the fundraiser, and yep. it's really the only thing we've focused on for the last you know three or four weeks. Um, we will have some quiz nights and stuff coming up, but they're, they're taking a little backward burner at the moment just so we can focus on the fundraiser. Of course, they're doing that. Fundraiser is June the 19th. There'll be raffles, yep. DJ, live music. Uh, the crossbar yep. challenge. How, how <laughs> yeah. do we enter the crossbar challenge? Not that I will. I've only got one leg, so there's no way. I, mean, I could hit the crossbar when I had two legs. <laughs> <laughs> anyone, can, anyone can do it. If you need to throw the ball, you can throw the ball, whatever. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on now. That gives, that gives player goalkeepers like yourself a, a, a huge advantage. You can throw it everywhere. <laughs> um, just a gold point donation. So just before, um, at halftime of each game, each senior game, there'll be, I'll probably jump on the mic and, and anyone that wants to chuck a gold coin, gold coin donation in um, can can be a part of it. And then there's a few raffle prizes that we've got for the winners of the, the crossbar challenge. So. Yep, and you've got uh, teams in almost every division. I see you've got uh, yep. teams starting from the under sixes all the way up to to sixteens, and then on to the seniors. Yeah, on to, yeah, that's exactly right. So we've got quite a good um, uh, quite a good little junior group. We don't have as many teams as we probably want, mm-hmm. um, but. In the, the the future, I do want to hope to have um, a junior MPL set up. Would be in the next five years, I want to be able to um, have a nice junior MPL set up and, and have a really good pathway for our senior teams as well. Wow, that's wow, that's 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 lofty ambitions. You've got um, <laughs> no, well, I mean, great to, to have that thing there. Now we had uh, Troy Reed on from Curtin Uni, and he yep. and their club had only just started up an under 55s or over yep. 55s. Uh, do you, do you have that um, ability at Kelmscott? Uh, we we were looking at it this year. I think mm-hmm. um, we, we, yeah, we were looking at it, but we just couldn't get enough players. Um, you know, my dad over that age, and there's a few <laughs> boys that wanted to. We're sick of running around chasing our thirty-five-year-olds. Play fifty-five, um, but yeah, they just couldn't get enough um, players. Unfortunately, hopefully next year they might. We might try again and, and see if we can get some more. Um, but um, this year, it's just we all we've got is a thirty-five, and that's it for, yeah. for the masters yeah. anyway. Other things. It'd be remiss of me not to ask this next question. Uh, yeah. As we have the the Forry Burger uh, in the top three of the foods that are available, what is the go-to? Food at Kelmscott, please. Uh, the Pete, the Pete Kelmy Burger. Uh, the, so we've got, we've got a guy named Peter in the in the canteen who makes <laughs> who makes a mean uh, beef burger. Uh, so get down and, and ask for the Pete Burger. I'm sure he'll supply it for you. What's on the Pete Burger? It's got egg, egg, beetroot, pineapple. Uh, 
He's got beef, egg, a uh, bit of tomato, lettuce. Bacon? Got to have bacon yeah. on it. Uh, no, I'm not bacon. Mm. No, I've never actually had one, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> really one. No, not while you're still playing. You can't, you can't come eating that while you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I see it, yeah. Although I have seen some uh, some goalkeepers that would have uh, yeah, munched down a few of those. Yeah, yeah goalkeepers <laughs> especially. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. So, I don't mind a pint, though. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, fundraiser for for Sergio, we can go to the Kelmscott Ruse Soccer Club. Or you can go to our Facebook page. Or, There's or a link there. There's page. a link to the, uh, to the um, fundraising page so yep. you can make your yep. bids. Or And we've also... Uh, put your details on for your fundraising day next week as well. So yep, and it's also, well, that's that Pete's done, that's well. at Rally Up as well, and yep. it's all going to a very, very good cause. Some of the prizes there are outstanding. It's a silent auction. As I say, yep. you can you can get everything from match-worn Sam Kerr shirt to 24 laps around Barbagello in a what looks to be a Formula Ford car. Fantastic. No, it, it's yeah. We we wish all the best for for Serge and and we hope he uh, he comes through this as he has done before. Mm. We we know yeah, he's a we know yep. he's a fighter, and um, it'll take something bigger than this to to put him out of the action. That's for sure. Yeah, yep. Definitely, yeah. So we really appreciate you know everyone's support and your guys as well. You know, obviously getting myself on and and being able to to let everyone know about our fundraiser and. Um, you know, get down, get get down to the the club on the nineteenth of June, enjoy some really good football, buy a drink, and support you know a really special bloke and a really special family. So that's it. Yeah, and a dollar from each Pete Burger going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, actually, any profits we make from the campaign yep. and bar goes to Serge on the day. No, as well. I was making that joke. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, it's been excellent to have you on the show. It's uh, it's been our pleasure to uh, to highlight. Um, your fundraiser and as I say yep. we wish all the best for, for Serge and to the Kelmscott Ruse and um, we, we hope everything uh, everything goes well for, for him and, and your, your club Perfect thank you very much for your time guys and I really appreciate you, you bringing me up No no we, we appreciate your time it's your time we were impinging on not ours <laughs> Thank you very much no uh, thanks, uh, We'll bye. look forward to talking with you in the future Thanks Taylor Brilliant. Appreciate it thank you very much Ta-da mate and that was Taylor Warwick, uh, committee member and current player at the Kelmscott Ruse. As I say, get down there on the 19th. You can bid at any time for that silent auction with the links that Pete's put on. Yeah, some good stuff there too. So. All right, it's a, it's some, I mean, again, so I, there's some... I feel like I'm going to have to go down there now for a Pete burger. Well, I, I assumed as soon as I heard Pete burger, I assumed the egg would be on my face. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, how well, one of them would get served up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. All right, uh, just before we go... Just before we one go... One more little bit of geeking out about the World Cup. As we it? know, the uh, final round of qualifying went uh, ahead in Europe. Yep. And Wales got the win over Ukraine. Ukraine. So yep. Wales is going through... Uh, group B in the World Cup will be England, Iran, United States and Wales, which is, there's, um, you know, off the field, there's a few tasty matchups there. How does it... I didn't think from the same confederation you could be drawn in the... Yeah, Europe can because there's so many. So there's... But oh, I, I, yeah, I went, through, uh, okay. went through the history of it. Uh, England... Well, there's never been a match between any of the England... Uh, of the United Kingdom home nations in a World Cup. So England's never played Scotland... You know, you know, never played Northern Ireland. I thought, oh, surely they've met sometime before. So England versus Wales will be the first time you've had uh, two British sides meeting in a World Cup. They've played in qualifying before and not things the, like not that. Not the 1950 
19, when whales were, were last no, in? Nineteen fifty, they no none of them were there. Nineteen fifty eight whales 50, was there. Okay. Yeah, but no, they didn't. They didn't meet each other then. Um, Northern Ireland got through a few times, but never actually played. You know, the Switzerland uh, World Cup. What, what was that? Fifty eight. Fifty four. Fifty four. Fifty four was Switzerland. Fifty eight was Sweden. That was where whales were before. Okay. And they made it through to the second round. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they didn't play uh, England on the way. So, oh. and obviously, Engl- uh, USA versus Iran. Well, that's that's yep. interesting for a number of reasons, and that's been that has been played before as well in the '98 World Cup. That's right. So, yep. Anyway, yeah, that's just uh, that was me geeking out a bit there, going, "Oh, England versus Wales will be a, a tasty encounter." Well, uh, mate, I've got uh, Len behind me with a. Uh a very sharp implement who says if I don't get out of the chair very, very <laughs> shortly, he's going to use it. So I'd like to thank you, the listener, for uh, joining us. I'd like to thank Futsal WA, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron, and Gate and Fencing Hardware WA for their support to this show, the World Football Program. We will be back next week. I won't be in the chair. It'll be the, <laughs> the lovely Penny. And we look forward to your company then. Thank you very much. Pete, thank you for joining me. You've uh, reinstated that greatest uh, wingman in the world (laughs) status, even though you didn't bring me in a coffee. Oh, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Thank you very much, everyone. You stay safe, Perth, and get yourself out to a game. And by all means, get yourself down to Kelmscott Roos next Sunday for that fundraiser. It's going to a good cause. We'll see you next time. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.